Welcome to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with Lisa Oropalo, who is the current director of art production for the advertising agency Digitas. Lisa has spent much of her career working with photographers, illustrators, and various creatives producing large-scale campaigns for brands such as American Express and other various Fortune 500 companies. Lisa has a true passion for the arts and has a wealth of knowledge and experience in the commercial photography business, so I was excited to get a chance to speak with her. So I hope you enjoy it, and thanks so much for listening. All right, well, uh, Lisa Oropalo, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. Um, and I guess just to kind of start out, I was kind of curious um, where you grew up and like what are kind of some of your earliest memories of photography or even this kind of creative uh, endeavors, I suppose. Sure. Um, I grew up outside of New York in Bergen County. And I, my earliest memories of photography, my father was probably a wannabe photographer, which I, I guess, subconsciously didn't realize was influencing me. I, he gave me my first 35 millimeter camera and I used to go out in the middle of the night and photograph things. I'm like a huge sucker for neon lights and, and bright colors, which if you looked at my Instagram feed, you, you could probably see that influence. So yeah. That's cool. So you kind of picked up the camera and shooting photos yourself starting out? Yeah, I did. I, I didn't think that I was going to be a photographer. I didn't realize, I mean, I I actually went to school for illustration. And when I got there, I didn't really have formal illustration experience. I was self-taught and I got a little discouraged hmm. after my first year and decided that Maybe I wasn't good enough to be an illustrator, but of course in my foundation year, they had photography and I fell in love with the instant gratification of photography, you know, <laughs> and actually being in the dark room and watching my, um, you know, my photos come to life, that sort of surprise factor of watching it develop. Yeah, that's how I got into it. I was so terrible at drawing or painting or anything. Photography was my only option. <laughs> uh, um, but um, where did you end up studying illustration and photography? Where was that at in New York? Well, or? I, I went to um, Philadelphia College of Art, which is now called University of the Arts. Hmm. And I did take like some summer classes at SVA. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I, I you know, love the experience. I wished that University of the Arts was a little more technical when I went. They were very much about sort of being unique and uh, more, more fine art than commercial. Okay. And like when you're going to school for illustration, you're kind of um, doing photography too. Um, did you kind of have a goal in mind for what you were going to do after school? Were you even kind of thinking about that at all? Or is this kind of... I didn't. I didn't. And I think that that's actually one of the things that really influenced me um, as I moved into the field and then moved into art production. My school at the time was, you know, it was amazing experience. I loved every minute of it and wouldn't trade it, but they really weren't savvy commercially. I mean, I think back then it was almost considered to be selling out if you did anything commercial. So I tried to take some uh, like studio internships. But I, there were really no formal programs in uh, University of the Art at the time for commercial photography. And I really didn't feel prepared mm. to get out and, um, you know, make it on my own. So that's one of my 
point of views when I meet with other photographers. I try to give them as much information as possible. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. No, it's smart. And like when you're going to school and things, were there like any photographers or artists whose work you kind of admired or kind of looked up to? Or was there like a style of work you think you're kind of attracted to back then at all? Oh, yeah. I mean, I had a lot. I mean, um, Irving Penn, William Eggleston for his color, um, Richard Avedon, Cindy Sherman, Sally Mann, Mary Ellen Mark. Yeah. <laughs> legends on legends. <laughs> um, so I guess once you get out of school, you graduated with your degree in illustration. Um, what was kind of your next step? What did you kind of do after college, I guess? Actually, I didn't. I didn't graduate with illustration. I switched my major after my foundation year and okay. studied photography and a little bit of film. Oh, wow. but, but not much. And um, when I got out, I I really didn't know. I was actually planning on going to graduate school. And then I, at the last minute, decided not to go to graduate school. So when I got out, I surveyed a bunch of people. And they all said, you just get your name out there. Go to all the labs, which I don't even think there's really many labs left anymore. Yeah. And, and put your resume up or, you know, that you're willing to assist. And so I assisted a photographer who used to do... Um, photograph all the collections at the Metropolitan Museum of Art and the Whitney and installations. And then um, after a little while, I got a job working with a photography team here in New York City. And then I, I worked there for seven years and they pretty much, you know, really taught me the commercial end of the business. So that was great. And then I realized I was never going to have uh, a family if I kept that up because it was very long hours and in the dark room. Yeah. So I. Um, what kind of stuff? Did, what kind of stuff did they have you doing? And when you say photography team, what do you what do you mean by that? It's well, like it, well, you know, I, I guess when I when I started, wor you know, working in the photography field, there were a lot of production studios like. Kayla Resnick, Bronstein Berman and Wells, and I worked with the team, uh, Galante Marzelli, who had worked with Kayla Resnick, and they, they kind of did a little bit of everything. Mm. So they did studio, and they also did location. Mm. Yeah. That's cool. And what kind of stuff did they have you working on when you were there? Uh, they had me working on everything. I mean, I would, you know, help set set up the studio for <clears throat> clients. You know, I was assisting. I was printing uh, the client orders in the dark room, getting wow. estimates ready. I mean, really, I, it was a great experience because I really learned the business from the ground up, which, um, you know, I didn't have that in school. So that was like a whole formal education. And it was very generous of them to, you know, mentor me and, and you know, give me that opportunity. That's pretty cool. And I'd imagine like with the job you do now, like having that experience and understanding like what photographers do like on set and all the things you kind of worked on even like the printing and stuff you feel like that kind of that experience kind of helped him with your job that with everything you do now within production pretty much yeah i mean i think at the time again it just gave me an experience of what the you know how you should be treating clients what the client expectations were um you know there was a certain protocol that happened on set although things were a little bit different then i think things have gotten much more collaborative mm. i feel like um then you know you the clients had like a client area that they would sit and they kind of were a little more removed from the set but now i feel like you know i think everything is definitely a little more collaborative yeah. and not to say that they weren't collaborative but i just feel like things were a little bit different back then and how you approached 
yeah. time on the set. Now everyone's just huddled around the monitor and seeing every shot that comes. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, that's cool. And I guess when did like art production come into the mix for you? What was like kind of your first uh, step into art production? So um, when I just decided that it was time to move on from working in the studio, I was given an opportunity by uh, Barrett Zinderman up at Young and Rubicam to cover somebody's vacation. And um, it was just freelance just to test it out for like a week or so. And then I was lucky enough that she kept me on for about a year before she hired me. That's cool. And what kind of stuff were they having you handle when you first kind of started doing that? Uh, I was handling a client which doesn't exist anymore called um, Digital Computers. Okay. Um, I, I feel like maybe it was like Compaq. And I also worked on um, Anderson Consulting, okay. which actually has morphed into Accenture, which I currently work on here. Okay. Yeah. And so. when you first started doing that, did you kind of initially, once you kind of started working in that role, did you kind of feel like this was like a good fit for you and you kind of enjoyed it from the get-go, you think? I did. I mean, I think, you know, it, it, you, there's always stuff to learn on both sides i you know of course i came at it more from working at the studio and the sort of the client experience and i feel like you know knowing how a studio operates and what things cost i remember there there was an instance where you're doing something for accenture and it involved a turtle with a spoiler on it (laughs) and um of course I was shocked when I got the estimates in that the photographer who is handling it put in for a a, a turtle handler at like $750 a day or whatever it was. <laughs> and I remember like going to my boss and being really freaked out like, oh my God, like we could just get that turtle in a pet store. Like why do we have to be paying $750 for a turtle? And, you know, of course, coming from the studio where you're trying to really be creative about and and mindful of the budget i was trying to find ways to to sort of cut and i remember you know she said to me like no 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 no. like we're gonna pay for that handler because we don't want PETA coming to us and you know people complaining about you know how we're yeah you know how we're we're working with animals and it was like a big you know wake up moment for me because you know I, I didn't have that experience so there were a lot of fun things to learn along the way about how to do things the right way wow that's interesting never realized there was a turtle handler business out there <laughs> but i guess so um well that was also before like heavy i mean we were doing um you know they they had the cytex and they had retouching but that was like a huge expense and i was thinking in my mind like we'll just make something small and just like stick it on the back of the turtle but that was not um in the picture yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like, how would you describe like the job of an art producer? Um, like, what does an art producer do? I mean, I'm sure it's changed over the time since you've been doing this. Um, because even myself, like, I kind of have like a general idea of what art producers do. Um, but like, how would you describe the job? Like, what do you kind of handle like on a day to day basis? And what type of things do you kind of work on, you suppose? Well, I mean, I think, you know, the job of an art producer has obviously evolved and um, and now it's content production, which I haven't fully moved into myself. But, you know, it, it, it involves constantly meeting people, trying to survey the landscape, see what talent is out there and how they can fit into this, you know, the solution or the problem that you're you're trying to solve. Mm. So, um, you know, it's it's us doing agency estimates. It's us trying to manage workflow in the agency. And usually, you know, we're working on multiple jobs at a time. Mm. Um, You know, I feel like when 
you know, when I was back at Young and Rubicam, when I first started out, you know, you, you only had a couple of jobs that you worked on at a time, but I think there's a lot more pressure to work on many things. And so it's not just production, like you're working on smaller stock jobs and you're estimating and, um, you know, I think that it, it's it, it can be a little bit um, harried and sort of disjointed today. Okay. And obviously you work with a lot of photographers, but within art production, are you also working with like illustrators mm -hmm. and filmmakers and all different types of creatives on like a yearly basis pretty much? Yeah, I, I think, you know, we, we yes, we've consistently worked with illustrators and some animation, CGI artists. Yeah, all, all of the above. But um, I personally haven't really worked on many um like i haven't produced an actual motion project mm. but we have piggybacked with our motion department yep. and that's been going on for probably like six seven eight years yeah i found that it's, i think that's pretty common within the advertising agencies they kind of have like i think they usually call it like the broadcast department which handles all the motion stuff and then our production kind of handles stills and illustration is that kind of usually how it goes you think Yes, and we're in the process here of transitioning. So now we're becoming one integrated department mm -hmm. and the um, producers are expected to know how to do everything. So, you know, there's a, you know, we're, we're, we're embracing change. I mean, this is what clients want. They want to move fast. They, you know, want a very nimble team. So, you know, it's, it's definitely the industry is moving like, you know, I know, 90 million miles an hour. That's something like even myself as a photographer, because you, I mean, nowadays, I was going to ask you this question anyways, like, do you find when you're hiring photographers on a lot of jobs, you want them to be able to have like a, a motion component tagged onto it? Because I know um, from like some agencies I've worked with, they kind of want the whole like asset package when they're hiring photographers. Do you feel like that's something um, it's going to, you're going to be looking for more and more going forward as photographers that can kind of deliver more on each job pretty much well i i think it is an expectation in the industry i personally feel that not every photographer thinks in motion and i don't think it's right for everyone but i think that it is critical that a photographer would find a dp or a team that they really like to work with that understands them and their style and their lighting that can collaborate with them to get the results that they you know, similar results in motion as a photographer is known for in their stills. And I think that that's critical because clients have a huge landscape of different channels that they want to be in, and it gets exorbitantly expensive to have different teams everywhere. That being said, sometimes it's just not possible to do, to piggyback mm -hmm. or to do, um, you know, a cohesive production with everything that a client might want. So it's, you know, it's a challenge to kind of really parse out what they really need and what, what are, what are the must haves and what are the nice to haves? Mm -hmm. Because it can totally sink a production if you're trying to do too much. Is that like a large part of your job? Kind of like coaching the client on what's actually, um, you're capable to like, uh, on each, kind of like coaching them on what, what you can actually accomplish on a job. Cause obviously they're probably sometimes I would imagine be like, we want to get as much as we can, obviously, cause they're only shooting so many times a year. Is it kind of managing expectations for those clients sometimes kind of coaching them what's possible, I guess. Well, you know, I mean, our, uh, you know, the internal structure of an agency probably differs from, a, di you know, differ, diff is different mm -hmm. um, agency to agency. In ours, we have marketing leads that are the direct 
client liaisons. And so our job is usually to try to parse out from the marketing leads and the creatives what what's priority, what they have to have. Um, that being said, I feel like, you know, clients want to try to get as much as they can. So usually we go into a production with a, you know, with a list that has a prioritized, you know, prioritized shot list so mm -hmm. that we know if we're running behind what can what we can cut or okay. finding creative ways to achieve everything that the client wants. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, kind of going off that, I was always kind of curious, like, like how are projects kind of born? Like, how do they kind of come to be? Like, I know I worked on some projects with you. Um, how do they usually kind of come about? Is it like, are, are a lot of these projects you're working on planned out for months or is it this kind of like, like on a week to week basis? Is it like clients is kind of like, Hey, we need X, Y, and Z or how do projects kind of come to be? I think it, it I think it depends on the client. I think that there are certain th things throughout the year that the clients know that they're going to be working on mm -hmm. and then other things that come up based on things that are are happening in current events, yeah. you know, etc. So, uh, you know, I do think that a good deal of projects are being um I think a good deal of projects are evolving as we're in discussions with clients because everything is moving so fast. Yeah. And so, you know, in the past, we would know what we were going to do. And by the time we got a layout, it, it, <clears throat> it was already approved and signed off on by a client. Mm. But things are consistently changing because the media buys yep. um, are evolving. So, you know, that becomes a challenge to produce. Mm. I mean, um, because I feel like since everything is so accelerated, you have less time to actually pull it all together. Yeah, that's always been my experience when uh, different agencies I've worked with, they, they kind of call you for a job and it's almost like on every job they kind of call you they, they kind of tell you, hey, we want to do this. But then within like a week or two, that job has changed like 12 times. Like, oh, yeah, we were going to shoot in Chicago. Now we're shooting over here. And it's just like, it, is that kind of this how the environment is in advertising? It's just always just kind of moving pretty much. Right. And which I think happened on the project that we worked on together. I mean, we, we knew that there were going to be, um, you know, certain businesses that we wanted you to cover off in the, mm -hmm. the Boston area. But, you know, we really didn't know until like a day or two before where they were going to be which of course you know gets a little stressful because as a photographer you want to map out where you're going know what kind of equipment you need etc so it, it is it is definitely a challenging environment to produce in yeah it's interesting for sure and you know when you're looking to hire a photographer for a particular project um where are you like kind of generally finding photographers and uh, what is it that you're looking for on like i guess job to job when you're trying to pair a photographer with each each uh, campaign i suppose well, <clears throat> I mean, I, I think everybody approaches it a little bit differently. I really like to look at a photographer's work and, you know, assess the job and make sure that, you know, if we're shooting something indoors, that we're hiring a photographer that's really comfortable creating a lighting situation. I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of creatives will come and they'll send us, uh, you know, photography links of photographers they might be interested in shooting with because they love the way they shoot, but everything in their book is like daylight and they, they haven't shown that they can actually create a lighting situation so i try to look for consistency in their book mm -hmm. um you know something that you know shows me that they can they can produce and execute 
no matter what the situation is. I and mean, we've had some situations where teams might have used a photographer that they loved their look and they were used to shooting outdoors and maybe a good part of our production was outdoors. But then if a, a bad weather situation comes up, you need to know that somebody can, you know, that they're prepared, that they can think on the fly yeah. um, because you, you can't not make it happen. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, another thing I was always kind of curious about, how involved are art directors generally with with like picking photographers for a particular campaign because obviously with your job it's is it kind of like you're the person that has the knowledge of all these different creatives and you kind of um, collaborate with the art directors to kind of pick these photographers or illustrators or what it may be um, how involved are those uh, art directors in picking photographers the art directors are really the final say. I mean, you know, they tell us a little bit about what they're looking for and they might provide us like a deck or a mood board of some images that have inspired them or that they have wanted to share with the client to express what they're going for. And so we try to share with them people that we think are competent to do that job and also have a, a similar um, look and feel and, and uh, sort of almost like a, an emotional component to their work because i feel like a lot of what we look for are you know these storytelling moments that evoke emotion mm. and um ultimately they're the ones who decide i mean they will look at it and they they will tell us what they like and why they like it um you know but it is it is a bit of a collaboration okay yeah and like with uh, is like stock photography something you guys utilize a lot here um within like i guess uh digitas or not so much or no yeah we definitely use a lot of stock photography here i mean it's funny because i feel like when i first came here which is a long time ago um pretty much the whole agency just used stock photography and and it was rare for them to actually do a photo shoot mm. and I remember saying to them, like, they were spending so much time searching for the right stock and retouching it. It's like, why don't we just shoot the stuff? It's so much better. But I, again, you know, you have to assess the project. I mean, if you have a project where you really need, like, tremendous um, talent and diversity and many locations, obviously stock is going to make sense because you can't, you know, with mm -hmm. today's budgets, you, you can't always travel all over the place. Yeah. So, you know, we, we help the teams assess and also depending on timing, mm. um, whether or not it makes sense to commission a job or just to find existing stuff in stock. Yeah, that's what I was kind of asking is like, how do you, when do you kind of decide when not to use stock? It's just kind of like, I guess, like, kind of like how you said, it's this kind of timing and kind of what's out there. And if it's like kind of a unique job, you might have to hire someone to shoot it versus stock usually. Right. Or, yeah. Okay. And um, I guess... What it, what is it about like art production? What do you like about this type of work? What kind of keeps you doing it? What kind of keeps you interested about it? Oh, I love I love working with good talent. I like finding um, you know photographers who are really passionate about what they do and they have a vision. Mm. Um, you know, I think it's really nice to have somebody in mind and then be able to have the right job come up and and you know get that person into the agency and give them an opportunity. Yeah, are there like any projects that like that you like working on in particular or like maybe something you've worked on in the past that you're like particularly proud of or anything like that? Um, I definitely liked working on a lot of the American Express libraries. I mean, they're really beautiful. And I think that, you know, Digitas's point of view for several years has been very natural moments. Mm. Um, you know, they don't feel like overly cheesy and uh, like, um, I call it 
fashion lifestyle where you know the emotions are really like almost unbelievable they're like a little too heightened yeah and i feel like most of what we do are these real moments that people can relate to so i'm definitely proud of of that work i you know i mean there's i've been here for a really long time so there's there's many campaigns that i like mm. working on but it's really more the collaboration with the photographer and really seeing a job finished that I really enjoy. And like, how are you finding photographers these days? Like I know you said this evening, you're going to go to one of these portfolio reviews at ASMP and review different photographers. Um, uh, how are you kind of finding photographers these days? And do you find that those portfolio reviews are, are useful to you in finding new talent? Yeah, I I really enjoy the, the portfolio reviews. I mean, I think it's like a it's a wide mix of talent and different ones have different levels of experience. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, coming from University of the Arts and having a photography background, I wish that there were portfolio reviews around when I was in school because it would have set more realistic expectations about what people who are actually looking to hire photographers want. Mm. And, um, you know, I really didn't have that visibility. It was very different. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I enjoy it. And I, you know, again, you find a wide range of talent. Some people that just want to make a connection, other people that are looking for advice. I think it's really amazing when you meet someone and you give them some input and then they reach out like a couple months later and they share with you like updates that they made based on what you and others have said in the reviews. Yeah. I think that to me that shows an amazing level of commitment and also um, the fact that they're receptive and that they're driven to, to improve on their work. But that being said, I think it's really, um, I think that photographers and any artist really has to have their own vision. And I think that they should take any feedback with a grain of salt. I always kind of preface any of my portfolio reviews with that, like just take it with a grain of salt because you're gonna get 50 million opinions. Yeah. And I think it's really easy to get lost, especially if you're coming to a big city and you're trying to get work and you need to pay your rent mm -hmm. um, to easily get swayed by feedback somebody's giving you. And I feel like to me, it's the kiss of death to basically follow somebody's direction if, if it doesn't feel right to you, like you really have to have your own voice. You cannot be creating work based on what you think somebody wants yeah. and to hire you. Yeah, I kind of I've done these portfolio reviews before and it is confusing sometimes because it's funny. You'll meet with like sometimes 15, sometimes 30 people in like one day, right. which is it's for one, it's just like crazy. It's so much talking. But then on the other hand, like everyone has a different opinion. Like one person will be like, these are great. These are great. The other people will like rip it apart. <laughs> right. It's like, yeah, it is interesting. Like, how do you know what to pick? Whose advice? Um, but like you said, like, I, I agree. Like you just got to shoot um, what you enjoy. Cause I've said this a million times. It's like, if you try to cater to everyone, you'll cater to nobody. Right. And it just waters down your work. I mean, I always say to people like, look, like I'm one opinion and I'm not always the most articulate in my reviews. Cause I sort of, approach things in a very emotional level so i kind of go through a book and sort of yeah. get a sense of what what i think that yeah. you know the photographer is and i'll say to them like if it pangs and you're like oh, i was kind of feeling that or i knew that mm -hmm. then take it if it has nothing to do with where you're going then toss it it's yeah. just you know you really have to stay true to yourself because that's that's what people are hiring you for they're hiring you for your vision and what you bring to the party not to just execute somebody else's layout yeah definitely and i'm sure the the type of photographers you're looking to utilize here at digitas is different than the photographers that like 
like uh, Wyden Kennedy's looking to utilize or Young and Rubicam or, or a magazine. So there's there's a way to find clients that fit your uh, your style, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And there's certainly enough work for everyone, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. And what is it that like you're looking for when you're going to give a new photographer a chance? Because obviously um, it's it's tough because you want you need someone that knows what they're doing. Um, how do you what do you look for when you're looking to work with a new photographer and kind of give them a shot, I guess? Well, I look for an opportunity that um, it's not going to be do or die if it doesn't come out 100 yeah. percent. You know what I mean? Like something where we might have a little more time if we had to reshoot, we could um, because, you know, obviously, if you have if you don't have experience and you know that this person is making a transition maybe from editorial into commercial, um, that's a lot of pressure. And, you, you know, if you don't know how they work, uh, you know, uh, under the pressure of having a client and an agency team there. I also think, you know, again, you look at you look at their estimates. You you get a sense of how they're thinking about the job and how how serious and committed they are. I mean, actually, I was pretty impressed when we worked together that you had your own workman's comp already. I mean, there's a lot of photographers who don't have that. And it's like, how much are you, how forward thinking are you about your business? I think the biggest mistake young photographers make when they work with a client is they go into it and they just undercut and they are going in with like a very streamlined budget and not allowing themselves the support staff that they probably should have. I mean, you you know, you can't do everything. You can't be the stylist and the photographer and yeah, definitely. the assistant. When yeah. you're working commercially, yeah, you got to protect yourself. Insurance, obviously. One thing, I had a professor, and I, this is always stuck in my mind. I don't know why. I've always remembered. He said, he's like, when you're working commercially as a photographer, you're trying to make money at this. He's like you you it's a real simple thing but he's like you need to have i'd rather have two cameras that are like good than having like one of the best cameras because he's like i want to have backup you know what right. i mean so it's like you could have the fanciest camera or but he's like you need to be a backup because if you go into a job like with one camera you got to have backup on backup just to protect yourself and that that goes with everything like insurance and when you're working commercially you got to be professional, I guess. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you some kind of malfunction, you don't want your whole entire shoot to go down the tubes. Oh, yeah, because it's uh, only one shot and there's no there's no redos. And uh, I guess going back to the portfolio reviews, when you're looking at someone's portfolio, do you want to see like a mix of like their personal work and then also maybe like tear sheets or commercial jobs they've already done? Um, what are you kind of looking for when you're looking at someone's printed portfolio, I guess? Yeah, I mean, their printed portfolio, I always like to see their personal work. Mm. Um, and, and I certainly like to see their produced work. And in all honesty, I prefer that there be no difference between them. I mean, because mm. the photographer should have a consistent vision and it should their style and their um, aesthetic should carry through, whether it's personal or commercial. Yep. I, I think, um, you know, to see a, a book of solid images and then maybe have a couple of pages in the back with like reference material to show that you've actually worked under pressure and delivered something uh, you know on a timeline you know i personally prefer that Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's smart and with like estimates you're kind of talking about it talking about it a little bit um are there like any common mistakes like photographers make when like submitting estimates or anything like that that kind of is like red flags to you when someone's like i guess estimating on a job or anything like that well, I would say um, it, it's. I think that I think it's hard, especially if you're 
you know, young photographer breaking in, you know, you might get really excited about the job. I think it's really important to really think the job through before you get on the creative call. And I think be really thorough in your estimate because, you know, most clients are triple bid clients. And so we're doing comparisons across the board to see where, um, you know, each photographer comes in. And if there's like a gaping hole in somebody's estimate, then we're going to reach back out and ask that photographer or the producer who's estimated for the photographer, you know, what, you know, how they were thinking about the job or, you know, are they sure that they're comfortable presenting? I mean, I, you know, there's times where we, we might sort of flag and say, you know, you're really low in, um, you know, I don't know, we might say, you know what, uh, you don't have a motorhome in here and we're shooting in the, you know, in this small business. It's like, you know, where is the client going to sit? Like, did you, you know, or how did you think about that? Like, so those, I think based on our experience, we might ask those questions and give a photographer an opportunity to put it in there. But I think their estimate is pretty critical to, to know how they're thinking about the job. Yeah, and it kind of, kind of shows if they have experience and know how to handle it, I guess. A little bit. Right. And I would recommend that any young photographer that's trying to break into the business, um, you know, see if they can work with a producer that they that they've he heard of that really knows, you know, um, the business inside and out. I mean, it might not always be an option, but I think that they will that that's like an education in itself, because the way that they think about producing the job or their client experience can can help you and you can sort of tweak and collaborate with that producer when you see um, maybe how they're they're thinking about it and estimating to sort of bring it, if you think it's like too high or yeah. you're not comfortable presenting those numbers, you can always massage it like after the fact, but it's important to really uh, look at it that way because they're, they may be thinking about things that you never even thought of because you, you don't have that experience and you definitely want to have a solid team with you. Yeah, definitely. Producers are like such a major component of each job and they've saved my butt so many times because if you think about a producer who has a lot of experience, they're working with so many different photographers and working on so many different projects within a given year so they can, they already be like, oh, this is exactly like this job. So it's just like giving them a call. They, I agree. They, they've helped me so many times. Well, I I think they, they, they've probably been on so many jobs where certain things have gone awry. And I think that that's how we all learn when we're like, oh my God, you know, I should have thought about this or I never thought about that. So they're, you know, by their experience of knowing what can go wrong, they can really help you. Yeah, definitely. And when you're working on these bigger campaigns, um, do you prefer to work with a photographer that has an agent? Um, does that matter to you uh, when you're working on these bigger campaigns, you think? Um... I don't, it's not like a make or break. I think it's better and easier for the photographer. Mm -hmm. I think that there's, you know, budgets are tight and timelines are tight. And I think it's, it's nice for the photographer to have a buffer because I, you know, in my experience after all these years, when a photographer doesn't have a rep and you're having to go and try to, you know, hit a certain number and, you know, maybe your budget isn't really ideal. It's probably under what you really feel is necessary for the job. Yep. I think different producers have different styles and sometimes it could make a photographer feel a little defensive as though they're not really being valued and you certainly don't want them going to a project feeling like they're being taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. So I think in some ways it's better and easier for a photographer to work with a rep and 
have them be the the buffer zone and the liaison. And another thing with like when you're estimating and bidding on these jobs, like it seems like more and more um, they want to see like a treatment. Um, is that pretty common nowadays with each job you're kind of doing? I know I've been doing it more and more. Um, what do you think kind of makes a good treatment? Like what do you think the clients are looking for generally when you're submitting those for each uh, campaign, I suppose? Well, I think the treatments are critical now. I mean, they never used to be part of what a photographer was expected to do, but with sort of the merging of motion and still now and it, the expectations that there's going to be motion almost in every job, I think the teams that are working at the agencies expect it. Mm. And I think that it's really the creative team at the agency that you have to sell on that treatment. And of course, then they bring it to the client, but they want to know, you know, again, how are you going to make this job your own? How do you understand? understand the brand? Are you aligning with what the team has put forth? Do you really uh, get the brand? And, um, you know, by the way that you're writing up your treatment gives them the confidence that you are going to bring something that the, the team and the client feel is right. And do you feel like it's like a mix of like they want to see, do they even want to hear like the technical aspects of like how you're going to light it? Like I'm going to try to make it look like natural light and these type of things, or is it more kind of like uh, the message or mood you want to convey uh, in your photos for each particular campaign? Do you think like the technical stuff, do they even care about that so much? I think it's important to address it. I mean, I wouldn't get like into like the crazy minutiae unless it's a really technical job. Mm -hmm. And if it's a if it's a technical job, I mean, I think that everyone feels a lot better, especially with the level of talent that's at agencies yeah. also. I mean, we're in the iPhone age and everybody thinks they're a photographer and a filmmaker. Mm -hmm. So I think that there's a tendency to downplay how much production actually goes into the work. Mm -hmm. So if you know that there's that there's a technical aspect to the job and that if you don't address that technical aspect of the job that it's not going to go well yep. it's pretty critical to bring that up because it's going to differentiate you from the other bidders and they're going to realize that you've really thought about the job and probably stuff that they hadn't thought about themselves yeah and another component on top of that um which is uh, the conference call, which is a, uh, it's tough. It's like you get maybe like five, 10 minutes to kind of explain what you want to do on these jobs. And you're like, usually, uh, no one's in the same room. You're just on the phone in your experience. Um, is there anything that sticks out of your mind? Like what's the best way for photographers to kind of handle these conference calls? Is it more just kind of the same thing? This kind of the treatment thing, this kind of, this kind of describing how you're going to approach these jobs is that pretty much what they want to hear on these conference calls you think i think that i think as with anything i think it's important for a photographer to be prepared before they get on one of those calls to have really thought the job through yeah and i think it's important to ask important questions to show that you are really thinking about it rather than just selling hmm. I think if you just hear somebody that's just like selling themselves and talking about like, you know, uh, there's a lot of people who do really good phone, but aren't really that, you know, they don't always deliver on the production. So I think it's to be thoughtful to have your, you know, your elevator speech of like how you see the, you know, how you envision this job, you know, I think it's important to have that and to be able to articulate it in a very concise manner. But I think it's also really critical to ask the right questions because that, again, shows how you're thinking about the job, how invested you are in the job. Yeah, they want to see that you actually want to collaborate with them and create something good, not just treat it like any other job. It's just like they want to see you're involved pretty much, I think. Well, and I think that, you know, again, I think people don't want to 
think that you're just there to execute and follow mm-hmm. orders. They want to see that you're going to make it your own. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, one thing I was interested in talking to you about is like uh, photographers' websites. I'm sure you look at a lot of them. Um, is there anything that you like or dislike? Um, like how do you, what type of websites do you like looking at? Is there like anything in particular that kind of bugs you? Or what do you, what do you want to see on a photographer's website, I guess? Um, well, I think, again, I think photographers have a huge problem editing their work. And I think that they should spend some time and um, not throw everything in the kitchen sink onto their website. Because yeah. I think it makes it really hard to navigate. And I think it also, again, waters down their vision. I think it should be really organized, um, you know, whether it's like campaigns that you've worked on, uh, personal work. Um, you know, whether you do uh, editorial, like, I just think it needs to be streamlined. And I think it needs to be well edited. Uh, You know, I've seen a lot of photographers who, you know, you see like 15 images from the same shoot, and it's obvious it's the same shoot in the same day. Like, I don't think it needs all that. So I think that photographers should be thoughtful about what they're putting up and have a, a rationale and a reason why they're putting it up and yeah. there should be a consistency yeah. um, similar to their, to their printed book. And I think, again, it's very hard for photographers to detach emotionally from their work because they remember that job where the sun was going down and they had like two minutes to get the shot, you know? Um, but I think that if they have other people in the industry they can tap into that can also um potentially take a look and help them i think that that's a good thing yeah definitely it's hard even myself i I go back and forth all the time it's Mm -hmm. like i have like photos i have like actually some of my favorite photos I just don't have them on my website just because I love them, but they just don't make sense for like I think what I'm trying to do now. But it is like you said, it's just hard to hard to edit your own work. It's good to talk to people and kind of get their opinions on it. And you know, another thing uh, I was kind of curious: do you still get a lot of print promos these days? Do I pe- do, and I still really love them. I haven't figured out a really good way to store and save electronic yeah. files, um, so I still really love the printed pieces. That's cool. And in your mind, what kind of print promos uh, stick out in your mind? Because I've I've seen photographers go crazy. Like they have like all these like knickknacks, like lunch boxes and weird. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I mean, it's funny because somebody I feel like probably like the first interview I did for um, Juliet Robin Mm -hmm. a million years ago. She asked me that question. And I I don't I don't to me, it doesn't matter as long as it's a good image. Yep. But, um, you know. It does say, again, about the level of professionalism of a photographer, like how much effort they put into it. But I I have to say, like, it's really disappointing if you get this great, you know, you could get this beautiful, like, printed pieces in a box that, you know, has a bow around it. And then you open it up and they're really not good images. It's kind of disappointing. Yeah, definitely. Um, So, again, I think it's, you know, it shouldn't all be about spending a lot of money. It should really be about the content of the images for me. Yeah, less is more. Um, And another thing, there's like all these websites photographers use, like Workbook and there's like AdEdge. Do you even like look at any of these like um, online sites where that kind of have photographers yep. you look is there any ones that you like in particular um i still use the workbook i still use at edge i usually book um i have on occasion looked at drip book or alternative image uh, it depends on what you're looking for mm. 
I think. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I was going to say here. Uh, yeah, when a photographer is like reaching out to you via like email, um, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Um, do you even like look at these like email blasts at all, really? Or you want to look, see someone who's like more um, has an email that's more catered to you pretty much? You know, it's funny. I feel like things have changed. There used to be a time where we could tell when everything was slow in the industry because um, I feel like agency access or ad base would like blast out like, you know, mm-hmm. a ton of, a, a ton of promotional emails and we would come in in the morning and our emails would be like completely like blocked because there were lots of attachments. Um, now you don't really see it as much. And I think, you know, it's, I I think it's nice to get them catered. I think that, again, it depends on how busy you are, how much you're going to be able to go through all that. I I think usually if people are coming from out of town and they give you, you know, like maybe like a month's notice or a couple weeks notice heads up, most people I think would make the time. But I think that the business is really different now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, everybody's trying to do a lot more with a lot less time. So although we'd love to meet as many photographers as possible, it's not always possible. And I think that there's a lot of people who reach out around industry events like Lee Book or the Photo Expo. And I'd say if, if you knew that you were coming from out of town and you wanted to meet with people, make your appointments like a couple months in advance because everybody tries to get at those times and your you, you know your time just gets really booked up and you can't meet with everybody yeah and are you also are you finding photographers like on social media at all these days yes i um since they have the the tab function on instagram i love to uh find photographers on instagram and i categorize them for whatever their specialty is so i can go back and um and follow them yeah yeah it's definitely a useful tool i've met so many people that way it's pretty interesting and i'll, I'll link your you got a cool photos you're always <laughs> traveling and get, you got a cool like graffiti photos so i'll tell people to go check it out um but i guess like uh to kind of wrap up like what advice would you kind of give to younger photographers i guess kind of looking to market their work to more like commercial and advertising clients you think what what advice would you give to them Well, I think it's important, and I don't know how easy it is to do anymore, but I think it's important to try to really understand what agencies might have clients that you want to work for. Mm -hmm. I I feel like a million years ago when I worked in the studio, I had heard about the Advertiser's Red Book, which was super exorbitantly expensive and no photographer is going to be able to uh, afford a subscription to that. But maybe there's a, a cheaper online, you know, uh, subscription. But like getting a sense of the agencies that are doing the kind of work that you like or that you admire or that you know is a client that you want to work for, and trying to, to um, you know, reach out to those producers in, in the agency, I think is, is smart. I mean, like you can't be everywhere, and I feel like it's not it's not helpful to kind of just throw your work up and see where it sticks. I think it could be uh, more helpful to build some solid relationships. I think that that's one of the nice things about the portfolio reviews is I feel like I've met a lot of photographers that I end up liking and getting like spending that time. That's not harried and stressed, you know, like running down, you know, for 15 minutes from your agency job. If you, if you're actually going to participate in those portfolio reviews, it's like making a nice connection with the photographer and remembering who they are on a personal level so that you can think of them. I mean, it's not always just about getting a promo in the mail. It's about making a personal connection, I think. Yeah, definitely. And it kind of took me a long time. Um, I mean, we've been doing this like 10 years now, but it took 
me a while because when I first started, I would kind of like try to just like send my stuff to like everywhere. But then I think I realized it was like, no, like you got to research the clients that work for you and then just kind of like market yourself to them and just kind of be patient. And the cool thing about those reviews is that you can kind of pick the people you want to meet with. Right. So that's, I think, the cool thing about it. And I definitely would urge anybody to go check those out because it's been beneficial for me. And uh, I guess my last question, um, you've been doing uh, art production and working in the creative field for a while now. Um, what kind of keeps you inspired? And is there like any um, goals you have for yourself moving forward? Um, I, I'm always inspired by, by photographers and talent as a whole that has a vision and that they really love what they do and they're really enthusiastic about it. I mean, um, this, even though it seems like a big industry, is really a small industry. Oh, yeah. And so I think a, a critical thing for any photographer is really one of the reasons why I emphasize that photographers should really be passionate about what they do and stay focused on their own vision is because then they're more confident when they're on set. Mm. They know that they know what they're doing. Um, they're not being put in a position to to execute something that they might not fully have the skill set for. Yeah. And I think the onset experience for an agency and a client is really crucial. And if you're under a lot of pressure and stress, it sort of translates to that team and then it can sort of impact you in a negative way. So um, that it keeps me inspired to find the right talent for the right job for sure. Yeah. And my personal goals, I mean, I'm certainly in the process of trying to learn film more because obviously that's a huge, huge part of the industry these days and it's moving really fast. So I'm trying to get that under my belt. Cool. Well, uh, I just want to thank you, Lisa. It was a real pleasure uh, getting to talk to you and I'm really appreciative of you kind of being open and answering all these questions because I know a lot of photographers will, I think, definitely enjoy hearing this because it is interesting. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But uh, thanks so much, Lisa. You're welcome. Thank you. So there you have it. That was the Lisa or Apollo interview. I want to thank Lisa so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. It was a real pleasure getting a chance to speak with her about all her experience working within advertising and the commercial photography business. Um, she's been working on big campaigns for years, and I know I learned a lot, uh, just everything from uh, talking to her about treatments and estimating and how to approach art producers. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it too. Um, so definitely go check out uh, digitas.com. You can see some of the campaigns that Lisa works on and various things they're doing over there. And as always, I'm going to be having weekly podcasts every Monday on iTunes, SoundCloud, as well as my website, alexgagnephoto.com, and on my Instagram, at alexgagnephoto. Thanks so much for listening, and take care.